mystical beings. Welcome to another episode of Mystic in the Hag. I'm Leah. And I'm Danielle. Today we'll be continuing our series on the Claire senses. So once again, that's things like clairvoyance, clairsentience, etc. And today we'll be talking about kind of the weird ones that are probably the least common, which is clairalience and clairgustance. So let's dive in. Let's take a bite out of Claire's senses. <laughs> and smell the unknown. <laughs> now, now we have a, I came so close to saying, let's take a bite out of crime. And I was like, that doesn't, I'm not MacGuffin the crime dog or whatever. Not this episode. No, not lot. this time. <laughs> so we'll start with Claire Gustin's. I don't think either of us really have experience with this. No, I don't think so. No, I really haven't. I haven't really experienced any of them. Yeah. At least knowingly, you know? Yeah. Like, I feel like maybe there have been times where maybe I would experience something that if I looked back, maybe it could be considered that, but yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Let's, yeah. Let's... Let's discuss the deets. Yeah. So today, um, our main source is alignintuition.com from Reverend Joanna Bartlett. And this is also talking about developing these senses as well, but it'll talk a little bit about what each one is as well. Clairgustance or clairgustience is also known as clear tasting. It's your intuitive sense of taste. Taste from spirit? Really? In short, Yes. So one thing that you might see a lot of people refer to or talk about is spirit, usually with capital S, and that's like the universe, everything that's kind of connecting everything, the ether, if you're looking at like the Wiccan or witch pentagram, that kind of thing. Yeah, and then there's people who see that with regards to like God or deities or guides, they all see that as connected as a part of it as well. Information from spirit or our own intuition can come to us through a psychic sense of taste and smell, which is clairalience. We'll circle around to that later. As well as our inner vision, clairvoyance, hearing, which is clairaudience, knowing, claircognizance, and feeling, clairsentience. What taste can you pick up on energetically? Pretty much anything you can taste with your physical tongue and taste buds. They can be bitter, sweet, salty, or sour. The taste is usually experienced just as if you had that substance in your mouth. While intuitive clear tasting isn't as sexy as clearly hearing words and names from spirit or seeing clear images and being able to describe a departed loved one, it's still very useful. Some ways that this kind of comes up is sometimes it'll help identify a loved one or identify the way someone died. So if it's representing a particular person, you might taste or smell something that person used a lot. Um, if it's a taste, it might be like a cigarette taste or something they ate a lot, like chocolate maybe for way someone died. It could be a bitter chemical taste from drugs or poison or a blood taste or vomit, which I would never want to experience that. That sounds no. horrible. That sounds really gross. Yeah. And I also think like there's a difference as we talk about tasting because tasting can bring up memories for people when coming back to like a particular food experience, like ice cream can bring up a memory, all of those things. And I want to note that those, there are a difference between like your 
memory and you're not conscious unlocking something when tasting something versus somebody like having a spiritual connection with the taste because like it sounds like those are the two difference and some people can get kind of confused like even mm-hmm. for me I'm like is it just your subconscious like coming out mm-hmm. um really with regards to your memory or being triggered or something like that so I think there is a difference between the two and like and you can start really understanding those differences totally how to develop your clear gustings so I guess this can also, if it's something you're interested in, it can kind of help train that difference as well. Mm-hmm. So just as developing your other physical senses help you develop their related intuitive or psychic senses, developing your sense of taste will help unfold your clairgustance abilities. When you eat, do you savor the different flavors and tastes of each mouthful? Can you pick out different spices and seasonings in a particular dish? Or are your taste buds turned down or off? So here's some tips if you want to turn your taste buds back on to help you more be more sensitive to spiritual tastes, so to speak. Okay. Avoid things that are overly salty, sweet, or spicy. Salt and sugar mask the underlying flavors of food. A little salt or sugar can bring out and enhance the food's flavor, as you mentioned. But too much becomes empowering. <laughs> My life. <laughs> It's like a rock band where all you hear are the drums because none of the other instruments are plugged in. Be aware of what you eat. Avoid foods that are overly salty, sweet, or spicy. Eat a variety of flavors and textures and practice mindful eating, which is, you know, taking things slowly and and really experiencing the food. Cutting back on spices means you're getting like the true taste of the food. Is that what you're saying? I think so. Okay. And just not over seasoning the food. I don't know if I totally agree with that. As someone who cooks magically and we talked about this with Emma as well like spices and herbs all have their own metaphysical qualities exactly and to remove that or diminish that because those herbs also have like such strong profiles and everything and yeah I kind of can see the salty sweet or spicy thing but I don't know I'm not convinced because also herbs have such a long history of people's like cultures and like the way that we use it in medicine too right yeah and so if we're trying to get connected to our spirit wouldn't we want to be acquainted to those herbs i would think so i'm not i'm a little yeah. skeptical right now about this yeah i'm just not a, sold just a little bit of, just a little <laughs> bit of that yeah <laughs> they do suggest developing a claire gustin's dictionary which is as you eat different foods and allowing your mind to like really connect with them you can keep a journal to basically write down what your intuition tells you different flavors and tastes mean and how you react to them or feel about them which makes sense yeah I think that's like anytime you're trying to create a connection to your skills around intuition it's really important at the beginning to start writing down thoughts and feelings that come for you I think that's really normal totally and that I can get behind yeah so this is an exercise to help you kind of build up your own intuitive taste dictionary of what different tastes might mean to you so as you eat at different foods and allow your mind to develop a broader and deeper level of taste allow your intuition to tell you what different flavors and taste experiences mean this becomes the basis of developing a simple dictionary so that when you receive psychic taste messages you know what they mean 
psychic taste messages when you get them out of nowhere, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Just clarifying that. Yeah. So yeah, it's not that you're physically eating something. It's just that you're noticing that somewhere out of nowhere, you just get a taste that doesn't have a source other than spirit. So sometimes there'll be direct messages like a lemon that a grandmother put in her water every day or cherries from a loved one's backyard. And sometimes they'll be symbolic or even a combination of the two. Basically, as you build this clear talent, clear sense, it'll kind of start to become more clear to you. But it sounds like it's a deeply personalized experience, which I guess taste is as well. Mm-hmm. It's like cilantro tastes totally different to different people. So. <laughs> One thing that also has come up in like a few the articles I glanced through and read is the idea of opening your throat chakra to enhance your clairgustance. Similar to clairaudience and clairaliance, your clairgustance is located in your fifth chakra at your throat. So I've done my level one Reiki. I'm a little at practice, but I'm just about to start my level two. Reiki and most like energetic healing is based on the idea of chakras, which is an Indian-based healing system. There's seven main chakras. There's actually more than that, like that throughout the body. Yeah, that expand beyond that, but seven are the main ones. So we have your root chakra, which is located at the bottom of your spine, kind of by your sit bones. Then we have the sacral chakra, which is in like genital areas. Then the solar plexus, which is kind of in your belly. Up from there, we have your heart chakra, which is where you would expect your heart. Then your throat chakra in your throat, your third eye, which is in the middle of your forehead, and then the crown chakra, which is located just above your head. So Reiki and different types of energetic healing will interact with these different chakras um, sometime to usually unblock them. The ones that tend to get the most blocked are like the solar plexus and the root chakra, and all have different color correspondences where you can use different crystals or foods to help with them. And then practices like Reiki as well will interact. And so do a lot of meditations as well. Yeah. And so also certain chakras can be more hyperactive than others. Yeah. And then you can move the energy so that it can be more balanced, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like for me, I tend to get really blocked in my root chakra. Okay. But my third eye is like, it is so active all the time. If I start meditating at all, it like vibrates and it feels like my forehead is giant it's wild <laughs> I was having I was doing a lot of readings for a while and I had done a market actually the aligned market mm-hmm. and I was talking to a friend of ours with Garrett and he was just like seeing my chest my chest was like all red because my throat was all red because I was like using that throat oh, chakra like, it was vibrating <laughs> it was vibrating <laughs> that's wild I know it's wild when you see those things or like physically see things happening totally yeah, yeah. on alignintuition.com they have this throat chakra opening meditation so this would help with your clairgustance and this is also something you can do if you're you know like having trouble speaking up or using your voice or anything like that anything that's speech-based keep that in mind if you're like clairgustance not my thing however (laughs) this meditation opens your fifth chakra your throat chakra helping you receive information all right so this can be done in about 10 to 15 minutes sit quietly both feet flat on the floor Sit back straight, but relaxed. 
breathe slowly and fully. Visualize pure white light entering the crown of your head. Let it fill your entire head and throat with light. Now imagine a blue sapphire gem in the center of your throat. This is your throat chakra. Allow the blue gem to absorb the white light. Let the light fill it and energize it as if it's being lit from within. As your throat chakra becomes more and more vibrant, let the brilliant blue light spill out from the gem and expand to fill the entire room around you. With your mind's eye, see the entire room filled with a beautiful blue light. Continue to visualize your fifth chakra energized and full of light for as long as it's comfortable. Then return your awareness to the room around you, wiggle your fingers and toes, and when you're ready, open your eyes. How did it feel? <laughs> <laughs> While you were talking. Um, it was nice. It's like a musical experience. But for me, I think people need to, I don't know about you, but I'm curious. For me, getting into meditation, it doesn't take very long anymore for me to have a sense of connection to, to source or to like spirit. You know what I mean? For me, it's still not super easy. Okay. My mind is just way too active and to quiet it is so much work. Yeah. I can do it. I definitely need to get back into the practice of doing it every day, especially now that I'm going to be doing my Reiki level two. Yeah. Okay. So this one ha- we have a bit more information on. Of the less common senses, this is more common than clairgustance. Yeah. And people talk about it a lot more. And I think that's because there's also some connections to the spirit world through this as well. And we'll talk about that a little bit. Spooky. (laughs) They're aliens. Let's talk about it. So once again, we're going to be using Reverend Joanna Bartlett's website. Claire aliens is intuitive or psychic smelling and means clear smelling. It's also known as Claire olfaction and Claire essence. Claire aliens is closely related to Claire gustance, just as our sense of taste and smell are also closely related. So it's very much connected with our memory and carries with it a powerful emotional component, linking it to clairsentience, which is clear feeling. So clear aliens has its hands in a lot of different psychic pies. So they coexist with each other. Okay, interesting. Yeah. So what information can your clear aliens give you? Like any other intuitive sense, you can get specific information from a loved one in spirit. You may smell their perfume and immediately sense a connection to them or another smell associated with them, like cigarette smoke, engine grease, or cinnamon rolls. Clear smelling can also happen in conjunction with other intuitive senses, such as like smelling something and also getting the taste in your mouth. How do you experience clear aliens? Smells from spirit often come through immediately after a loved one has passed. Similar to clear audience, you may be the only person aware of the smell, or others around you may smell it also. Two people might also experience the same smell when talking on the phone about a loved one in spirit, even though they aren't in the same location. You can also smell energy. Ever heard the phrases, something smells off here, or I smell a rat? We know there's a connection between our intuition and our smell. This is a type of synesthesia where smells translate directly to something else, such as a color or frequency of energy or vice versa. In this way, you can smell where energy is blocked or the body is experiencing disease. Which, I mean, makes sense. Yeah. Because animals can do that. Yeah. And there have been people who can smell things that have to do and relate, and then diagnose to diseases and stuff like that. 
Yeah, totally. That's wild. All right. So to, to develop your clairaliens, um, just as with other things, you basically just like get on in it and start developing like a smell database that allows like you to connect more with spirit and your spirit guides and kind of what they're sending your way. So similar as clair testing. Yeah. Okay. So you can smell, start by smelling everything like roses, fruits and vegetables, smell your pets and your kids, become really familiar with the smells around you. And you can also free your sense of smell, avoiding using scented things when you don't need to. Using unscented detergent, opt for fragrances derived from natural oils, just using things that are more natural. So that when you smell something, you kind of know what it is. I think so. Okay. I guess it also would help with like detergent. Sometimes you can smell it on your clothes afterwards or whatever. Right. And maybe just like removing those kinds of things, it gives your psychic nose more freedom to sniff out crime or whatever. (laughs) So there was one time, so one of my friends in Salem is a tour guide, like a ghost tour guide. Okay, cool. And he... I take his tour, like, every time I'm in Salem, because we'll usually hang out afterwards, and, like, sometimes there's new information, and it's just fun, and I'm just like, I have never been on this tour before. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I want a tour guide, okay. Yeah. So, there was one time when we were on the tour, and he was taking us to where Bridget Bishop's house used to be. Um, Apparently, she had an apple orchard, so he's telling his, like, you know, elaborate, like, he's really well-researched, but he has, like, that air, and he's really dramatic, and, like, is such a good storyteller. Cool. And he's, like, sometimes people say that they smell apples, and then, like, I smelled apples, and I was, like, there's, like, a laundromat right there, and I was, like, that's someone's detergent. (laughs) I was just, like, so mad. truly somebody's laundry detergent i feel like it was because as we got closer to the laundry oh, okay. i got stronger <laughs> you're just like very excited where i was like oh, <laughs> <laughs> Aww, i would feel so defeated after right i was so disappointed i was like oh i'm not as psychic as i thought i was this isn't a magical experience at all. It's <laughs> funny. Other than that, I don't know if I, I mean, other than that, as if that was an experience in itself. <laughs> I don't know if I've had, sometimes I smell things, but I don't, I'm always looking for the logical explanation with sense. Like, Me too. Sometimes we smell like rotting like vegetable stuff in our house and we're like, okay, it's probably the neighbor or we have like a garbage thing somewhere or whatever. Yeah. But it's like, what if that is something? Cause like only like the other day when Jeff's parents came over, I was trying to describe it and like both Jeff and I smelled it and I like sprayed my bless this mess spray around and it didn't totally cover it. But when I was trying to see if Jeff's mom smelled it, she couldn't smell it. Oh. So I've had that happen or like sometimes I've had that experience of weird smells that I can't really relate but like you I use my logical mind to like navigate that but there was a while when I was in this apartment that I'm in currently I'd be walking towards my door like my front entrance that area doesn't have any windows or anything it's very enclosed area Mm -hmm. and I would smell smoke like cigarette smoke 
it made no sense because there was no area where things could filter in. So I don't know. Or it could be just somebody is smoking in their bathroom upstairs. So I don't know. But, like, yeah. these things are things that I am trying to navigate. I'm like, is it my smell? Like, is it what I'm smelling? I mean, I've lived with this ghost for, or spirits, for a very long time in this building, and this apartment building, and I've never had any type of, like, association with smell. But then I wonder about the people who are very sensitive smellers that are just can smell anything from afar. I'm like, ooh, do you smell spirits? Do mm. you smell things? And you just think it's because you just have a very sensitive nose. For me, I often do pick up smells that other people do, but I just assume it's just I have a sensitive nose. There you go. But, like, is it spirits? I don't know. I know. I know. Are spirits making my house smell like garbage sometimes? Because I don't love that. <laughs> <laughs> From there, let's just, uh, let's talk about ghost smells. <laughs> yeah, you have a, a little topic that you really want to talk about. Yeah. So while I was researching Claire Aliens, one thing that came up a lot was, like, spiritual smells and their meanings and... Also, otherworldly paranormal sense and haunting phenomena, the smell of ghosts and demons. So, I'm here for it. Do you believe in demons? I don't know. I don't know either if I do. Because, like, I don't believe there's a hell. So, if there's no hell, where do demons come from? And I don't know if I believe in, like, super evil energy. I think people can have, you know, a hateful experience. And that's, I guess, like, my evilness. Or violence or something, like, that's evilness to me, but I don't really, like, believe. I don't know if I believe in, like, evil human. You're just here to fuck everything up and, you know, destroy everybody. Like, I don't know if I necessarily believe that. Yeah, I don't know if I do. Like, I I try to convince myself that I don't believe in inherent evil, but then sometimes it's, like, you know, bad entities that come towards you. Yeah. I don't know if I do. I don't know. It's just a very, it's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot to think about. Mm-hmm. The spiritual world is definitely, like the spiritual paranormal world is definitely complex. Yeah. Okay, I'm just going to read this whole thing. because It doesn't have a ton to do with clairaliance, but I think it's fun. Okay. <laughs> so this is from StrangerDimensions.com. So this isn't like clairaliance specifically, but I think it's definitely connected, um, especially in that... Smelling ghosts, I don't think would technically be clear aliens because they're not messages going through. It's ghosts hanging out. So that distinction's important. Haunting Phenomena, the smell of ghosts and demons, written by Rob Schwartz back in 2017. Beyond visual sightings of apparitions or mysterious goo dripping from walls, one of the other signs of a haunting is the presence of an inexplicable, sometimes unfortunate smell. The Association for the Scientific Study of an Anomalous Phenomena has a page devoted to this matter of paranormal smells on their website. According to their research, a smell could be considered paranormal if it has no identifiable or even possible source, something truly out of the ordinary. Oftentimes, the ghostly smell will be reported as familiar, such as a type of perfume or cologne once worn by a deceased family member, especially if said perfume was no longer present in the home. Other reported smells have included flowers and cigar smoke, among other less pleasing scents, but we'll get to that. These smells may occur randomly, or you may find them in specific areas that mean 
may be more prone to paranormal activity. Even those circumstances, however, don't necessarily mean that any given smell is supernatural. But let's take a look at the possibilities. Demonic smells. We'll start with the worst type of otherworldly smell, that of demons. A demonic smell is often described as terrible, something rotten or grotesque, perhaps like sulfur or even a corpse. Witnesses have reported the scent of feces as well. Some say that people possessed by demons often give off this putrid smell. But usually, it's the house that seems to have the most trouble. 2013 saw the story of a Romanian lawyer who had such a problem. His home, he claimed, had been invaded by flatulent demons who made various rooms smell, well, very bad. He also reported electronic disturbances, such as the television turning off and on, as well as manifestations of demons in the form of various animals. A black shadow also reportedly jumped out of a possessed hairdryer whenever they tried to use it. He requested an exorcism, and although a total of four priests gave it a shot, it apparently failed. The house continued to smell of demons. Even Ariana Grande has claimed that she once smelled demons. During an interview with Complex, also in 2013, she talked about an experience she had with a potential demon while visiting Stull Cemetery in Kansas. She said that they had smelled sulfur in the car, the sign of a demon, and after viewing photos she took at the time, she also saw three super distinct faces in the picture of textbook demons. This is so much. Wait. <laughs> This is a lot. So first of all, there's goo that can come out of people's houses that show that tells that there's a demon. I just wanted to say that that was just so wild. They did mention uh, walls bleeding, which is a phenomenon that's known to happen. Okay, so just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, yeah, the demon stuff with like the ghost turning on and off. Is it like I don't know? I don't know. Is it just ghosts though? It could be. Could it just be ghosts, not a demon? Yeah, and like it could just be really, really malevolent ghosts that don't have their shit figured out anymore. Exactly. And they, I mean, what if ghosts can putrefy if they're like on our earthly plane too long and they just start to smell bad? So, so. but maybe that has to do with people just being, again, scared of like spirits and ghosts. And so they associate that with being a demon. Everybody hates the unknown and scared of the unknown. That's they what do. It is. Also, Gates of Hell, what the fuck, Ariana Grande? Yes, I mean, so, love her. So I love the fact that apparently Ariana Grande hangs out at cemeteries. Yeah, why is she going mm-hmm. there? Right? I love that it. That is pretty... Who would she go with? Was she going to go Sunday or something? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Gates of Hell in Stull, Kansas is an otherwise innocuous cemetery that, according to urban legend, is the site of one of seven U.S. portals to the netherworld. So, yeah, um, we're not going to read into stall too much right now, because there's a lot to get into there, and we're talking about smells. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Let's not go too far off. This is part of the interview she had with Complex Magazine. They asked her if she ever had seen an alien, and this is what she said. Not an alien, but I've had a ghost demon experience. We were in Kansas City a few weeks ago and went to this haunted castle and were so excited. The next night, we wanted to go to Stull Cemetery, which is known as one of the seven gates to hell on earth. The Pope won't fly over it. I felt this sick, overwhelming feeling of negativity over the whole car, and we smelled sulfur, which is the sign of a demon, and there was a fly in the car randomly, which is another sign of a demon. I was like, this is scary. Let's leave. I rolled down the window before we left and said, we apologize. We didn't mean to disrupt your peace. 
And I took a picture and there were these three super distinct faces in the picture. They're faces of textbook demons. I deleted it. The next day I tried to send the picture to my manager and it said this file can't be sent. It's 666 megabytes. I'm not kidding. I used to have a folder called demons that had pictures in it with all of the screen caps in it, but then weird things happened, started happening to me, so I deleted it. Okay, so sometimes when you are with somebody and you're going to like a haunted place or spiritual place, and the person that you're going with is kind of like a non-believer but believer, and then they kind of like joke around about it and they kind of like talk shit about it, and then you you go and then things happen. I think it's because that person is kind of like a non-believer and made a joke about it. And so they kind of made it worse than it is. If you came into a situation and you were just being respectful from out the gate, maybe that will minimize the amount of like shit that's happening between you and like whatever is happening. Because there is a sense of disrespect when you're talking shit about them. Or you're just being kind of an asshole and not believing. And so no wonder if shit's going to go down. Okay, do you feel like it was a mistake to take a photo after apologizing? They should have just left? Why do you think it's a mistake? Because that's when the weird stuff starts to happen. Would you like me to read on? Yeah, I want to know. So weird things started happening to her after she had this, like, folder of demon photos or whatever. Mm-hmm. I was going to sleep about two weeks ago. I had just gotten off the phone, and as soon as I closed my eyes, I heard this really loud rumble right by my head. When I opened my eyes, it stopped immediately. But when I closed my eyes, it started again with whispers. Every time I closed my eyes, I started seeing these really disturbing images with, like, red shapes. Then I opened my eyes and got back on the phone and was like, I'm really scared and don't want to go to bed tonight. Then I scooched over to the left side of my bed because that's where the best service is in my room. And there was this massive black matter. I don't know what it was. It was like a cloud of something black right next to me. I started crying. I was on the phone like, what do I do? What do I do? And they said, tell it to F off. I thought, I'm not going to do that. It's going to upset it, so I'm going to chill and not feed into it because all it wants is fear. It feeds on fear. I watched it move to the front of my bed and then fell asleep on the phone. I woke up and it was gone. The next night, my friend Tyler was staying with me. She said she was trying to sleep and her body felt paralyzed almost, and she described the exact same thing I saw. So do you think she took a photo and then captured it and like almost like kept them in that space when she took the photo? I don't know, but like, I just feel like if you're going to apologize, you should just leave it be and move on and not engage anymore. Because if you take a photo, you're kind of just disregarding the apology. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. I understand that, what you mean now. But man, who knew that Ariana Grande had a paranormal experiences like that. Oh gosh. I knew you were going to be talking about Ariana Grande on today's episode. Right? Did not see that coming. Let's go back to Stranger Dimensions. How do ghosts smell? All of that said, not every paranormal smell, even a bad one, is a demon. Many cases of ordinary hauntings have involved inexplicable smells. An investigation by Black Hills Paranormal highlighted one such haunting. It was back in September 2008 when they were called in to check out the Lucky Nugget Casino in Deadwood, South Dakota. They'd had reports there by the staff of shadow people, odd sounds, and an unidentifiable smell of perfume. As it turned out, that very same building had once been used as a brothel and had a history of paranormal phenomena. To cut the long story short, one of the members of Black Hills Paranormal experienced the phantom perfume smell for himself and even heard footsteps in the hallway. 
He was alone in that area of the building at the time. Did he smell the scent of a ghost from the old days, wearing the same old perfume we've chosen to hang around? The wet dog. In April 2016, The Sun reported the odd story of a man who believed he caught the spirit of a dead dog on camera. He'd been taking random photos of his children in the kitchen when he noticed the the presence of strange orbs and the scent of wet dog. Prior to this event, they had also noticed the same smell as well as floating orbs in their hallway, an area where their pet frequented when alive. The man later returned to this kitchen to investigate further, calling out his dog's name, Muttley, and taking more pictures. The orbs returned, but he found something else in one of the photos, what he believed was the shape of his dog sitting on the floor. That's so sweet. That's so cute. I love past dog visits or Same. animal visits. It's so meaningful. It is so nice, especially in dreams. You're just snuggling with each other. <laughs> just like co-opted this episode. It's like, I'm just going to read this article. completely going all over the place. Sorry, but... I feel like it's going to be a fun episode, even though people are going to be like, well, learning about Claire's senses. And then it's like, JK, we're talking about ghosts again. <laughs> and we're going to talk about Ariana Grande. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. The ghosts that smelled like fish. Wet dogs are one thing, but how about ghosts that smell like fish? The story of Laura Dixon involves a ghost she believed stalks her. And according to the mirror, gives off a gives off a fishy odor as a warning of bad things to come. When she was younger, the alleged ghost had given off its fishy smell right next to her before she learned that her relative had suffered a stroke. She believes this was the spirit preparing her for bad news. Throughout her life, Dixon claims that she would first sense a presence, then the smell. Is she being given warnings in the form of an odd fish smell from the other side? That's like a really weird scent to leave. Is just fish smell kind of like dead fish, like dead anything? I guess. Like, isn't it just... So maybe it's maybe a little more like fishy than other dead things, but it's not yeah. really a good smell. I don't like it, but I guess it would like get your attention. It would. Because it's so distinct. True. Something else to consider is the possible existence of a unique psychic ability called Clarialience. A few reports of such an ability, including the one that we just read about the fish ghost. So, for example, in 2012, the Paranormal Georgia Investigations Group posted about an experience they had at the Georgia Aquarium while investigating a Titanic exhibit. The exhibit included perfume bottles they had recovered from the wreckage, but there was something else in the room. One member of the group distinctly smelled the cologne of a man as he walked in front of them. But no one else was there. You're like so over the perfume thing. So over it. It's just like that's the only smell that people can talk about. Yeah. It's just perfume and cologne. Okay. Sorry. Here's another one. Okay, what else? In another case, this one shared in 2011 on the website True Ghost Tales, a user told the story of a woman who could smell when someone was soon to die. It would manifest in the form of fresh dirt or earthy smell right when she woke up. So if somebody was going to die, she would smell that. That's actually kind of cool. It is. Because, you know, dirt isn't something that you would necessarily smell in a home. Yeah. At all. And it's really distinct. And death can, like, smell like a lot of things. It could be, like, rotting food, like, that you just have thrown out in the garbage or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
but but hearing smelling like fresh dirt and it's yeah. like the smell of a grave is do you think that graves have a distinct smell than other earth like well no i mean it's different than like a, a garden but i mean really i feel like yeah because like some gardens smell like a gardening store or right. whatever right, right, right. whereas like a cemetery just smells like a cemetery yeah but i mean when i'm thinking when i'm thinking like dead person fresh dirt i definitely connect the two and it's like true. fresh grave you know that's true you're, you're fun yeah. word association you, you know <laughs> After this happened several times, she made the connection. Within a few days before a family member's or friend's death, she would wake up to that peculiar smell. It got to the point where she wanted the bizarre ability to go away, but it never did. Whenever it happened, she could only wonder who was next. That's a lot of pressure. That is. I wouldn't want to have that responsibility. No. Like, if it's so consistent. I would never want to predict, be able to predict a like death. That's not ever going to be something that I will ever do. Can smells seep over from the other side? Do ghosts themselves have an odor? Can some people predict the future via smell? The idea raises yet another question. Can ghosts, being incorporeal and likely not giving off a physical scent, intentionally manifest familiar scent, intentionally manifest familiar smells in order to reach out to the living? Smell is one of our strongest senses, after all, and can elicit a range of emotions. It's also very much linked to memory. Perhaps ghosts are giving off these familiar scents to remind us they're still here. What do you believe? So we covered a lot of things today. Thanks for tuning in. Um, If you have any demonic stories or we do want to hear demonic stories. And if you believe in demons, because now we're like, it's, it's a big focus right now. <laughs> it is. And we really want to share stories. So yes. send us a DM so that our next episode we can share or start like the episode off with a story or end it off with a story because we love that stuff. Yes. We think it's fun. We think you think it's fun. Yeah. If you don't, then that's cool, but we're going to do it anyways. <laughs> So if you have cool, witchy, paranormal stories, send them in. Mm -hmm. If you've had experiences with Claire Gustance or Claire Eolians, let us know. Um, So yeah, once again, thanks for tuning in. If you're not already, give us a follow on Instagram at Mystic and the Hag. And until next time, mystical beings, bye. Bye.